0: Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org/thrive.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Feng Shui with Christina Hollinger. I am so glad you are here and I am so excited for you because today is part two of my discussion with Courtney Hansen, who was a mommy influencer turned spiritual healer. And if you tuned into part one, you know, we left you hanging and I just want to advise that her manifesting advice is great. It does not disappoint. However, I would make sure that you're not listening with your kiddos around. Normally my show is super clean. And this is still a very clean episode. It's just a little bit more mature content. So just want to put that out there. It's an awesome episode. Courtney Hansen touched so many lives already from part one. In fact, I got messages from you, many of you, and one really stood out to me. There was a mom who messaged me and said that she Rarely ever cries at my podcast. In fact, she said she really hasn't cried at my podcast, except for this episode. She says that when she said that when Courtney shared her raw story of transformation um, from struggling with postpartum depression and so many other things, she just felt so seen and she felt so so less alone. And please know that, you know, Courtney's story is like a Phoenix rising from the ashes. It's a story of inspiration and the manifesting tools that she brings to you this week have to do with different archetypes. And if you are not familiar with archetypes, it's really just different facets of ourself. And especially for women and that female energy. So if you're a man listening to this, think about the feminine energy as you listen to this episode, but really it's about how we have different facets of ourself and each part of ourself has the highest version of that facet. And then there's also the shadow side of that facet. So it's very fascinating how we can t- tap into different parts of ourselves, different childhood wounds, and really heal from those to really step into the highest version of ourselves. So this episode, it will help you feel really good. It will empower you with some new manifesting methods. And just once again, enjoy listening with other adults or in your own company. That being said, we are going to get started with 15 minutes of feng shui and it's a really good one today. Um, This topic is something that came from one of you. It was something that was generated organically because somebody messaged me and they wanted advice about moving. They are moving to a new location and in fact, they're moving to an apartment and she was asking me what. I would recommend as a feng shui practitioner, it's like, what's the most important thing to look for when you're looking for a new home? And of course, I realized that would be a perfect episode. So I'm gonna share with you the top three things to look for when you're looking for a new home. And of course, in feng shui, there's always a cure. So if you end up living in a home that doesn't check all three boxes, there's always a way to remedy it. And this particular person was actually interested in an email mini consultation with me. Um, That's a new service that I have. It's a really quick, easy way to get some more in-depth, you know, information, pick my brain, so to speak, on feng shui. And she really, her specific question was just about which Layout is going to be best for my family. And it kind of reminded me of the time when we sold our home and we didn't have another house to move into. So we had to go into a rental for a few months. And as we were looking at apartments, I didn't care if we were only staying for three or four months. I looked for these top three things in the apartment floor plan. And It was really important to me. And if, and in fact, as we go through it, I'll share with you what the apartment had and what it didn't have. And of course, remember in feng shui, there's always a cure. So let's get into it right now. And the first thing that when you're looking to buy a home, build a home, or anything like that, the first thing I always look for is where the primary bedroom is located. The location of the primary bedroom where you're sleeping is so important because as the parent or even just as the homeowner, you want to have authority in your own home and you want to have the highest energy, confidence, clarity, and autonomy in your life. So the best location for your primary bedroom is going to be in the far back right area of your home, which is the relationship space, or in the far back left area of your home, which is in the wealth area. Now, hear me out. If you have bedrooms on a second floor or a third floor, the same rule applies. So right when you enter the top of the staircase, you want your bedroom to be in the far back right area of the upstairs or the far back left area of the upstairs. And here's why. The wealth and the relationship areas are considered command positions, or you might hear them called power positions. So whoever sits or sleeps in those areas are going to hold the power. And this is mostly important if you have children. And in some cases, I've had one-on-one clients where we're doing a feng shui consultation and the children occupy the command positions and the parents are not in command. And the dynamics can be challenging in the household. Because perhaps the kids don't want to listen to what the adults have to say. This can actually really um, become an issue when children are teenagers, right? And so there is a way to remedy this. This is the perfect scenario where I would say if you are not in the command position and you're struggling with family dynamics and harmony or even... um, with your job or finances and you're struggling and you're not in the command position, this is a perfect opportunity to do like a email mini consultation so that you can really get the support you need to get yourself in the command position. But I know that's something I was looking for when looking for the house we currently live in and the apartment that we lived in temporarily. And I will, will report that in both of those instances, Our primary bedroom was in the relationship area, which can be a really auspicious space, especially if you have a partner or if you don't have a partner and you are looking to call one into your life. It's a wonderful space to, you know, enhance with pairs of objects and, you know, that rose quartz color and like really, um, make that a romantic sanctuary for you and your partner or the partner that you're wishing to call in. In one of our homes, my husband and I were not in the command position, but my daughter was in the wealth area. And I experienced firsthand how the dynamics were thrown off. We were at her beck and call all the time. Uh, She wouldn't sleep through the night. We actually, at the advice of my feng shui teacher at the time, we actually ended up moving her bedroom and putting my husband's home office in the wealth area or the bedroom that was in the wealth area. And I will tell you, she started sleeping through the night and my husband's job really advanced. His sales went up. He felt better in his career at that point in his life. It was just fascinating how moving his home office to the wealth area was extremely beneficial. So Something to think about is I'm always looking at where the primary bedroom is when I'm looking to buy or if I were looking to build a home. On a side note, I'm gonna I promise you we'll get to tip number two. On a side note, I also wanna share that if you have a second floor and you go up the stairs and the bedrooms are behind the staircase, that also causes issues. This was especially something I noticed when I was looking at, we were going to potentially build a home. We didn't end up building a home, but a lot of the floor plans that we looked at, if you went upstairs, there might be bedrooms in the far back right and left upon entering the second floor, but then there were also bedrooms behind the staircase. And if the master bedroom was behind the staircase, that was a huge like automatic no for me. And listen, if that's, if I am describing your floor plan, like I said, do not freak out in feng shui. There's always a cure. However, for me, if I knew I was buying a home and I could choose a floor plan, I just was, I, I would err on the side of choosing a floor plan where the master bedroom is in a command position, right? That's just, if you have the luxury of choosing. What I'll also say is that, any of the bedrooms behind the staircase and think about like even if you're living in an apartment now maybe you grew up in a two-story home where was your bedroom when you were growing up if your bedroom is behind the staircase and that's considered outside of the bagua map and whoever's outside of the bagua map or behind the staircase could feel left out of the family might feel like you know that they're they're not included as much or they don't fit in as well with the family dynamics again there's a way to remedy it. And in fact, this describes my son's bedroom. There we have two bedrooms behind the staircase. So, as like I said, in feng shui, there's always a cure. And I'm always about looking for ways to be supportive and to support you in the along the process and empower you. It's not about being afraid that, you know, things are not gonna work out. What this is about is understanding that if there are some family dynamics that feel off balance or are not harmonious, or if you're feeling challenged in your career or money, there's, there could be a reason. And it could have to do with the location of your bedroom, because we do spend a third of our life sleeping a third of our time in our bedroom. The second thing I look for when buying a home is the location of the stove. The location of the stove is really important because the stove represents your ability to attract money and save it. And the further back the stove is in the home, the better. The farther back the stove is, the more safe, the safer your finances and your money flow is. And if your stove happens to be at the front of your home, there's ways to remedy that. So, again, no problem. Just you would want to do a little something to pull it back energetically. <laughs> You're not going to have to, you know, remodel and redo your kitchen into the back of the house. That's not what I'm saying. There's always an energetic adjustment that you can apply to support your finances and to pull back the stove so that your finances are more secure. Additionally, if your stove is visible from the front door, that can mean that your finances are very transparent and people can kind of see through your wallet in a sense. Like they kind of know what's going on with you financially. And since that's something you'd prefer to probably keep within the walls of your own home in most cases, then there's a remedy for that as well. I will share that, you know, of course, a mini email consultation one-on-one with me would be awesome. Like if you are finding that a lot of these scenarios you need support with an email consultation would be perfect for you. But I also address the stove and so much more in the kitchen masterclass that I created in the transformation series, because the kitchen has several pillars of wealth and abundance, several parts of the kitchen or areas of the kitchen represent your ability to not only earn money, but your capacity to save it as well. So it's a really great module to focus on. If your stove is towards the front of the house, you could always just go ahead and get the kitchen module and fix it up right away. Okay. The third thing I look for when, oh, one thing I want to say before I move on is When we were in the apartment, before we moved into the house we're in now, the stove was at the front of the house. So of course it was not ideal situation and it bothered me a little bit, but I remedied it energetically so that our finances could be secure. I will tell anyone when you ask me about, do I feng shui a hotel room or where, where do I draw the line with feng shui? My answer is always that I feng shui all the time. I will feng shui my hotel room. I will feng shui an apartment that I'm only staying in for three months. I will feng shui my classroom. I will feng shui my cubicle because all of these areas influence you and your immediate surroundings make an impact. I just actually launched a course called set up for success. And in it, we talk about all the ways that you can set up your workspace for success. And I have to share with you that like when I was writing my book, I was in coffee shops across Chicago and I would arrange my seating and I would bring my special crystal or crystals, depending on what I was, my intention was for that day. And I would arrange myself in a way that was optimal. So you can feng shui anywhere you live. And if you live, in a house and you share a house with multiple people, it doesn't matter if they believe in feng shui or not. You can take control of what areas you can take control of your bedroom or whatever it is. And it will make a difference. It will make an impact in your life. So I just want to share that. You can feng shui anywhere you live or anywhere you are residing, even if it's just for a few hours or a few months. Okay. Finally, the third thing I look for in a new home is light, natural light. So to be honest with you, our current home has really beautiful natural light upstairs, but downstairs, some of the rooms don't have as much natural light as I would like. And it's because we have the a covered front porch, which I love the front porch, but it's just like the lighting piece is what kind of gets me because it's not as, bright as I would like to see it. And the reason is because why lighting, the reason lighting is so important is because it's a natural chi booster. So let's say you're in the far back left area of your home and you open the curtains. Automatically the sun shines into your wealth area. The far back left area is your wealth area. So you're lighting up the wealth, letting light in clearing it out. Light clears the energy. It boosts it. It lifts your personal chi and your personal energy. And when you are elevated and you feel good, you're a magnet for what you desire. So again, in Feng Shui, there's always a cure. If you have a lot of low light areas in your home, this would be a perfect opportunity to reach out to me. You know, you, we could work on a mini email consultation, and I can give you multiple strategies that are really going to support lighting up your life. You know, the, the rooms that get the least amount of light in my home would be wisdom and knowledge. That's the front left area and career front and center. So you better believe I've made some intentional adjustments to lift the energy with some different strategies. And if it, it looks really good too, it looks good and it feels good. And I think that's really what the most important thing about feng shui is, is that you want your home not only to look good, but to also feel good. And that's why I love feng shui so much. It's because it looks good and it feels good. And, you know, speaking of looking good and feeling good and feng shui, um, I have made a decision that you know as I was launching my course set up for success I was so excited to share it because it's all about how to feng shui your workspace for so that you can do less and attract more and so as I was sharing this information and there's even a live call with three or more because I'm already thinking about more I want to share three <laughs> transcendental cures for your career And for your business to generate more money, clients, all the things, but the key is I'm helping you to do design your career and your business where it's not necessarily that you have to do more. It's just that you have to align your energy so that you can function at peak efficiency. And then the money, energy, clients, and opportunities flow to you with ease so with that being said, you know I love feng shui, and I'm all about leaning into the ease and showing up as my highest, best self for you. And so with that being said, I've decided that this is going to be the final episode of 2022, and I will be back in the new year. Don't worry, there is so much goodness in store for you, and I would never just like leave you hanging. We're still in season two, but I've decided to take off three weeks of the podcast for the holiday season to spend some quality time with family, spend some quality time with friends. I already took a step back from Instagram this weekend. And I will tell you, I actually ended up booking two one-on-one clients. We are scheduled to work together. Um, And so it's kind of like, just because you're not forcing things and showing up and doing things doesn't mean your business can't thrive and prosper, right? So I want to send that message and share that message with you today to give yourself permission to whatever it is, to not do something that might be stressing you out.
0: Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Right? Give yourself permission
1: to just take a step back, take a step down. You do not have to push so hard. And if you've been following me for a while, and you've been applying some of these feng shui adjustments that I've shared with you over the course of the last few weeks, few years, please trust the process. Trust that when you do a feng shui adjustment, the universe will work on your behalf. All you have to do is try the adjustment and everything will fall into place. I promise you. But you have to trust the process and you can't micromanage it as much as you want to. So, as a review, the top three things I would look for when buying a new home are number one, the location of the primary bedroom. Ideally, it would be in the far back, left or right area command positions, wealth or relationship. Tip two, I would look for where the location of the stove is. And if the stove is towards the front of the house, I would avoid buying it. However, if I already have, if I had to move into that apartment or house, I would remedy it for sure. I would energetically pull the stove back so that my finances are way more secure. And third and final piece is I would look for natural lighting. Ideally, if you can't like, for example, our house that we live in now checked all the boxes. It really did. And so it was so hard to like, be like, Oh, but the lighting isn't perfect. I mean, that's not going to be a deal breaker. Right. But if you don't have a lot of natural lighting, I would highly recommend opening all the shades, but then also addressing it with some really intentional design. And so I hope that those top three tips for when you're home buying I hope that, or, or renting, whatever you're doing. I hope that you found those helpful and I hope that you enjoyed the rest of the conversation that I had with Courtney Hansen. Her Instagram handle is at the sweetest little life and fun fact, which she disclosed in part one is that when she was a mommy influencer, she used the handle, the sweetest little life. And then she had an awakening in 2020, which will blow your mind. If you ha- didn't listen to part one, go back and listen. And after her awakening, she transitioned to being a spiritual influencer or a spiritual healer. And if you go on her Instagram, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And today she is enlightening us with some new manifesting techniques and you definitely won't get them from me because they're unique to her wheelhouse. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have wonderful holiday, whatever holiday it is you celebrate. And I hope you have an awesome new year. I'm gonna look forward to seeing you in 2023. And the good news is, When I come back in 2023, we're still going to have a little time to set our intentions for the Lunar New Year because the Lunar New Year isn't until January 21st. So anyway, I will be back before then. That's for sure. Enjoy your holidays and enjoy this final interview of 2022.
2: We have the Huntress, which is one of my favorites. We have the Wise Woman, the Crone, the Wild Woman, the Mystic. The lover, the queen, the sage, the healer, the creatrix, the enchantress, and the priestess. So we cover a lot. And each chapter is all about the archetype, all about the archetype shadow, right? Because that whole duality. And then we go into how to embody it with different modalities of healing for that archetype, for that aspect of ourselves. So it's really a book that you can go to at any time in your life that you feel like you're going through a transition and tap back into that version of you. But, you know, The Wild Woman is kind of talked about quite a bit. So I thought today it would be really fun if we touch base on The Lover, which was the first one that came to mind, which is so funny, and The Queen. And so we'll start off with the lover. And so the lover in general is truly, I think today we'll talk about since it's manifestation based, maybe we'll talk about some fun sex magic because that can be really fun to kind of dive into. I wanted to pull it up while we were talking to just so I can quote some stuff in it.
1: Yes. Please take your time pulling that up. I have your ebook, but I, as soon as we get off this interview, I'm ordering the physical copy because I still like to hold a physical book and highlight it, things like that. So I'm a little bit jealous that I don't have mine right in front of me. Oh, I know I'm, I'm cheating. (laughs) No, it's perfect.
2: So the lover is the definition of, I don't chase, I receive what is meant to be, will come to me. And so she is a woman that like really lives her life without fear and and truly is in love. Right. So it doesn't have to be love with a person per se. It just has to be like a love for life. Like you're just in a space of sensuality, of giving, of receiving, of truly just being in flow with your body and your mind. And so with manifestation and sex magic, one of the exercises that I actually have in here is how to manifest through doing the dirty, either with yourself or with your partner. And one of the things that you do, so our sacral is so powerful, right? It, like as women, let me just rewind a little bit in the divine feminine, as women, we are born to create. So whether that is life, we can make real humans, right? Right. <laughs> Or whether that's a business or whether that's a project, but in general, that divine feminine is born to create things and so tapping into that lever, you can manifest anything if you can tap into the ability that you have that is already your God given power to create you are meant to create your manifestations. You are meant to create your reality. Now, this is lots of people can lean too much into the divine feminine and again, duality. So we have masculine and we have feminine. Our feminine is our left side. Our masculine is our right side. Now, when we tap into the divine feminine, when we are doing sex magic, when you get ready for the big O, it's super simple to do. Um, And this is where you hear everyone talk about the importance of self-pleasure and things like this, because sometimes it's a little trickier to do with another energy um, just until you have practiced a while. But when you're getting ready for the big O, you literally close your eyes and feel it coming. You visualize a golden light coming out of the portal between your legs. And with that golden light, you visualize whatever that manifestation is. You tap into the feeling. Having orgasm is one of the highest vibrations, right? You're at a peak vibrational state and then you visualize it coming to life and you just lay there for a little bit afterwards and just soak up the emotions, soak up the feeling of your body, tapping into truly how you feel, all the tingles, everything. And after that, you're done. So it's a super simple way to really bring manifestations into life you can do this with a partner too um it's always more powerful right the more people we have manifesting the same thing the quicker it happens so if your partner is on board and they're spiritual too it's a really cool me and my husband do this a lot it's really cool to do if you can do it at the same time and it would be the same for a man right they would just visualize golden light coming out
1: that is amazing. I've actually been hearing more and more about this. I feel like this is somewhat a new discussion or phenomenon. I don't know. Did you just learn about this recently? Because I had never heard this until about this year. I even had an astrologer tell me about this, too.
2: <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I wrote my book a couple of years ago. So I mean, I've known about it for a while, but they um, I don't know. i've I've seen it more and more, like, especially on, I've seen it a lot on TikTok lately, which I'm like, Hmm. it's kind of cool it's being talked about so openly and not in a shameful way um and then I want to touch on too that the lever is attached to our heart chakra Mm. so I think it's important in the book it talks about what chakra each archetype is attached to and it has a little meditation that goes with it and how to unblock it if it is blocked and how to really tap into it and bring it to fruition. Um, as uh, my screen's going crazy as we continue to lean into the lover. And so there's just, I mean, there's so many layers to it, but I know we're running out of time. So I'll hop to the queen. So the queen is an energy that kind of speaks for itself. And I know I wanted to do the queen because I feel like the queen is misinterpreted a lot and the queen comes across. Like everyone's like, Oh, Hey queen. Hi queen. Right. Comes to that archetype. And everyone thinks it's like this boss bitch energy. And it's that, but it's so much more. Like a queen doesn't need to say anything when she walks into her door because her energy introduces her before she says a word. And a queen like knows who she is. She's firm in her foundation. And again, leaning back into that shadow self though, a queen is jealous, like very jealous. And when we go into the history and each one I go into like Greek mythology and the history of it. One of the things with the queen is she is actually someone who has in that shadow been a doormat she's dealt with affairs from her husband she's dealt with being last on the list she's dealt with having to cater and so in the shadow you swing completely the opposite way of what you think of as a queen energy so when you're embodied in a healthy queen energy and when you're again you can swing the other way the pendulum too and it can be overactive so when it's overactive it's this sense of aggressiveness and hatred and passive aggressiveness and all of these horrible things that we see a lot a lot so in like the sisterhood circle right like we have these sisterhood wounds and we have these trust issues with women and that's where it comes into play we have the gossipy we have all that and you can really see someone that has and that's another thing that that this has really brought into light for me is I can see women and I can see exactly where their wound is and where what archetype they're hanging in by their demeanor, by if they're talking positively or how they talk about their story, if there's shame they're carrying, if how they talk about um, other women. And a lot of times there is that jealousy, there is that sandpaper happening. Mm -hmm. So with the queen moving forward, um, she's related to the crown chakra. And one of the things for manifesting, I have manifesting on each one. So I think because of your podcast and the art of it, it'll be really cool to kind of manifest with Each archetype. So the archetypes are useful because they're shortcuts to accessing different types of energy. Um, So the law of attraction in general is about being aware and control of the type of energy that we emit and for what we put it out for, it's always going to be drawn back in one way or another. So with the queen, you imagine your life like a garden, and whatever seed you plant will grow into plants that produce fruit with similar qualities to their parents' fruit. If both plants have apples on them and both do gardens, so archetypes basically help us tap into those positive energies, such as love, when we need the most, when we're not able to get to a positive space of vibration, when we're hanging out. And I hate that people say you have to vibrate high all the time because we're humans and that's not true, right? We all, we vibrate low. Sometimes we have shitty days and that's okay. But love and gratitude are two of the highest vibrations that we can have. And so tapping into love and gratitude And I I want to touch on this, too, because I've seen this a lot. And I think there's a misconception here is that with gratitude, a lot of people are doing it wrong and missing the mark and saying that, you know, oh, I'm so grateful I can make my rent this month. or I'm so grateful I can make my mortgage this month. Well, what you're doing is you're throwing out there a lack mindset. You're throwing out there that you are grateful because in months prior, you haven't made your rent or you haven't made your mortgage. So it's really coming into being careful and being more appreciative versus being in that gratitude of what you have versus what you didn't have. Mm. And so when I was able to really understand that appreciation, that just love for life and love for everything flowing into me, I started doing this and it changed the game for me. I started asking myself, how can this get better? So when you're in that space, when you're happy, when you're in flow, how can this get better? And if you notice, if you ask the universe how it can get worse, they'll show you how it can get worse. Uh, But if you ask, how can this get better? And you just sit in that love, you sit in that gratitude. That's like what the queen energy is. Like you just know that it's going to get, continue to get better and better and better. You're not scared. It's going to get taken away from you. Oh,
1: I love that. I was just, um, I just saw Kyle Gray who speaks to angels he's a Hay House author. He just spoke about something very similar to what you just said about how manifestations occur when you are in constant dialogue with the universe and kind of like to build off what you were saying, like not just going to the universe when you want something like it's a drive-through, but like really sitting in that appreciation for what you already have yeah. and kind of building off of what you said, like leaning in. I, I've never heard it that put that way, but I love that concept of like, this is so good already. And how could it get even better? Is that kind of what you're saying? Like mm-hmm. already just mm-hmm. sitting in that appreciation of what you already yeah. have.
2: Yeah.
1: And it could be anything. And I think sometimes, I don't know, cause you know, I, I work with manifestation through feng shui and I try to help people understand that, like once you set your intention and you do a feng shui adjustment, you can trust that the universe is going to the energy is going to work on your behalf and that the universe is going to deliver exactly what you need in perfect timing. Um, And I think it's easy to get frustrated when things don't show up exactly the way that you want them to, when you want them to, but (laughs) the best way to get into alignment and trust that it's on the way is to really keep your eyes open for all the good, like, I don't want to say toxic positivity, but to really be an appreciation for what you have. I do think that gratitude is that really, for me, it's that that easy access point to go up those ladders, the ladder Mm -hmm. of emotion. Um, I know you said love is like the highest vibration as well. And I just like to get to that. I think gratitude is a great access point. Absolutely. Sometimes we don't always feel like loving, but I feel like if we could (laughs) find something to be grateful for, Mm -hmm. then it's a good entryway. (laughs) Yeah. It's that stepping ladder. Yes. I think Abraham Hicks has that. Like, if you ever wanted to look that up, talking to the listeners, if you ever wanted to look up Abraham Hicks, like they have a ladder of emotions that you can kind of like climb your way up. um, And really to be a manifester, you really do need to climb up that ladder and it's mm-hmm. not to say that you can't be angry but anger is actually a higher vibration than jealousy so mm-hmm. interesting the queen might understand that yes that's that's one of her vibrations yes so okay so now i i know that i failed the ebook um test because I just did not get through all of those archetypes that you just talked about and now I definitely want to get the actual physical copy and I think as someone who's going to read this now and I it sounds like you can kind of jump around the book oh yeah but like do you recommend only working on one at a time or how many would you work on at once? Because it sounds like you also have like a modality, like you gave us a manifesting tip for the lover and the queen, which I loved so much, but like, are there other modalities for the lover and the queen? And you don't have to get into them, but it sounds like there's other modalities to heal the lover and Mm -hmm. the heart chakra and heal the queen. So yeah how it many goes, you do at
2: once? <laughs> it, I mean, I would do one at a time just because it goes, the way I set up the chapters is it, and you can skip chapters. You can start with whatever archetype you feel called to, but doing one archetype at a time, because it goes to so many layers. Like it goes to the chakra system. It goes to Greek mythology and where it came from. It goes to the psychology behind it. It goes to shadow work, it goes to like some really dark depths. And so, if you're doing more than one, it can be a little overwhelming because you really want to allow yourself that permission to embody that archetype while you're there and practice it. And then you're master at that one for your body, right? And then you move on to the next one and you get to practice the next one. But again, like there are so many layers in each chapter.
1: Oh my gosh. I just started doing some inner child healing work with, um, a healer that I work with. Her name's Heather Radke Holistics. And then she also like crafts a flower essence to help me as well, um, to help with my vibration. And it's just been very powerful and very deep healing. And it's actually not as painful or scary as I thought it would be to do some Mm -hmm. of that work. Um, but as, as someone who's, um, Certified and you know how to what, what, what's your certification in trauma? I'm a trauma therapist. since you're a trauma therapist, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't planning on asking you this question, but I'm just curious because you explained it very well that there's little T's and there's big T's. Um, and then you also said at the very beginning of this interview that healing is never done. It's never finished. But what what advice would you just give our listeners? if they're interested in exploring this healing path because you kind of opened up a new opportunity for people to heal with their inner child with these different archetypes but the healing's never done so what are some encouraging words you could give to someone on this path
2: yeah i i think a huge thing is that when we start our healing journey it's like every day Becomes just a little bit easier, right? Until we can get to this space of feeling like we can truly exhale. And I feel like the two most awakening things are one, really not caring what other people think about you anymore. Getting to a space from from doing the work within that you are so confident and you love yourself so deeply that no one else is going to shake that foundation, right? You have laid such a solid foundation within yourself that nothing else can fuck with it. And two, getting to that space of really being free, right? Like everyone can walk around and say they're healed. Everyone can take cute pictures. Anyone can make a TikTok giving you advice and Google it. Like anyone can do that. But it comes to when you feel in such alignment that everything else just starts to flow into place with you, you'll know when you arrive and you literally just feel like I'm there. Like I did this, you know, and It's interesting for me because I look back at who I was just a few years ago and I I can't relate to her anymore. I love her and I, I feel so deeply for her, but that's not who I am as a person. And I think when I can say that and know that my lifestyle now, and from when I get up to when I go to bed, I'm living in authenticity and I am living in alignment with my soul's purpose. And I think that's a huge part of it. When you start your healing journey Your purpose starts to become so clear and you get this clarity for life that before was really cloudy and you didn't know what you were supposed to do. And you were in this dead end job and you hated it and you hated getting up for work and you get to this space of getting to reinvent yourself, getting to create yourself. Right. So it's not about finding yourself. It's about creating who you want to be. Like you get to choose that.
1: I love that. And the universe is rewarding you, Courtney, because in a, in a way that like now you you're a teacher, and you had those dark moments, and you were brave enough to talk about them. And now you're healing other people with your story. And also all of the the things that you're, you're so well versed on with being a trauma therapist. And I knew you were into yoga. I see I always thought like, Oh, she's like a yoga instructor. I do that <laughs> too. You do that too. And Reiki and all the things. And I mean, do you know your human design, you must be like a Manifesting. I'm generator. a manifesting generator. Yes. Yeah. I could guess that because you do yes. so much. And I'm a I get Yeah, oh, but yes. like you can do that. And I'm just like very focused. Um, if, if you're not in if you don't know anything about human design yet, don't worry. I'm gonna teach you this season a little bit. Um, but I'm a projector and like I do well with like one task, one social media platform, four hours of <laughs> huh. being on, and then I need to rest. So I learned that about myself. Yes. I need to recharge. Um, but anyway, it has been such an honor to talk with you today. And we talked a lot about your book within healing through sacred feminine archetypes, but let's talk a little bit about the fact that you're sitting in your new studio in California. Tell us a little bit about that and then tell us how listeners can find you and also work with you on the app or whatever platforms that you prefer. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, After COVID, I just felt a really strong draw to get offline and have more connection with women. And I had this little idea for a franchise. I know, franchise. mm, But I had this idea that I wanted all over the country because I was like, oh my gosh, there's nothing like this. And people need this. Women need this. So I created this women-only studio, but I can't say that because I live in California. So, But it's for women by women. And we have halo therapy, which is like the salt caves that you've seen, which is super good for physiological healing. So we have the salt caves of a full apothecary, which is all about like holistic healing, making elixirs and just natural forms to heal your body, whether it's depression, anxiety, because I'm so passionate about that because of my personal experience with medication and the Western medicine. Um, Granted, if I got in a car accident, I'm so thankful for Western medicine, but as far as internal healing, it didn't work for me. And so I wanted to provide that. Um, we do Reiki, we have an infrared sauna, we have a yoga studio in Pilates and we do goddess circles every month on the full moon. And it's just been such a cool way to connect with sisterhood in my community and bring this to my community. And so hopefully someday we can spread this all around and it can keep going and other women can kind of take the stick and follow the modalities and spread the love and, as a collective, we can slowly start to rise up.
1: All right, Chicago, get ready for the next (laughs) franchise out here. (laughs) That sounds amazing. What town are you in again? Did you say? I'm in Auburn, California. Auburn. Okay. Thank you for repeating that. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right. And tell us a little bit about your app or anything else. What all are you doing for your online community so that more people can reach you if they're not in Auburn?
2: Yeah, there's, oh goodness, there's so much online. So everything's under the sweetest little life. So we have an app, we have a website. I'm on Instagram and I'm always TikTok, always sharing as much as I can information-wise for you guys to practice healing modalities at home and really start to feel that freedom within your body. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Right now on the app, we had a Reiki master course. So if you're interested in Reiki, it's a very... Detailed. It's twenty-two modules, so it's in depth. It's a ninety-day program to become a Reiki master, and it goes through everything. And you work with me directly through the app. Um, we have a moon app coming out, and then hopefully you will be doing a little something something on there soon. Yeah, we're just gonna be working with works. <laughs> yes, we're just gonna be working with different women to um, really bring adaptable ways to change your life through this app on little mini courses, crash sessions, things you can do. Um, and even little rituals and practices that are very, um, doable daily. Right. Cause as a mama, you sometimes don't have an hour a night to meditate. You have
1: 10 minutes and you got to utilize the hell out of that. Yeah. How old is your youngest now?
0: What is he the is age three. range? You have yeah, a three so year old.
1: Okay. All the way up to, um, 12 this month. <sighs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you're a busy mama three. Totally understand that. I mean, I only have two, but it's like still, it's quite a bit. But I, um, I really relate to you. And I forgot to tell the listeners too. I just went live with Karma and Luck today, and that was another coincidence <laughs> so that you were live with Karma and Luck two days before I was. And then we, I went on your podcast, and we didn't even make that connection till a few weeks later. It's just kind of funny how it all sort of worked out that one way or another, we were going to get connected. So (laughs) I know the universe was like here. (laughs) Yes. So I'm so glad we did get connected. I'm so glad my listeners had a chance to meet you, Courtney and listeners. I am just so happy to be back. Season two is off to an amazing start. I will see you next time where I will help you design the life you deserve.